After Peter said to Jesus, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16, Jesus began to show the disciples his plan for suffering and resurrection. But Peter said what? Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Matthew 16, 22. Do you remember what Jesus said to Peter right after he said that? Get behind me, Satan. Matthew 16, 23. Why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus say that to a man who just wants to protect Jesus? Because Peter's plan was not God's plan. Peter's plan was not God's plan. Jesus said, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Matthew 16, 23. There are times, Scripture taught, that people don't always understand God's plan. Anybody here relate to that in certain times in their life? Sure. But when they did, Scripture teaches, they kept silent before Him. The lesson is called, Keep Silent Before Him. Silent, noise, and calm. The first point is silent. There is a lot we can learn from Jesus' rebuke of Peter in Matthew chapter 16, 23. One concept is God's ways are not man's ways. If God has made up his mind about something and we finally understand his plan, those who follow him should just accept it. We should praise God. We should be in awe. We should be silent because, according to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, the Lord is in his holy temple. You see, God knows best. Now, when Scripture is teaching silence, as in Habakkuk, He's not saying that children should be seen and not heard. That's not the idea here. It is stating that God, who is above all other gods, has made up his mind. He has a plan, and his plan is going to happen. So, as his devoted servants... We should accept his ways. Now, the disciples believed that Jesus was going to set up an earthly kingdom, didn't they? But that was not God's plan, was it? Though many people believed it. James and John's mother asked for her boys to be on the right and the left hand of Jesus in his kingdom, Matthew 20, verses 20 through 23. What were they lacking in this conversation? Understanding God's will. If we just use our mom, Jesus surely couldn't refuse the offer. But if it is not God's plan, all the requests we give, the complaints or otherwise, will not change his mind. 
if it is not part of his plan. So we should just keep silent before him. God's ways are not man's ways. Man's ways would say God should have used Jesus to be an earthly king to wipe out the Romans and build up Israel to be the nation it's supposed to be. Man's ways would say God should have allowed James and John to bring down fire on the Samaritans because they did not believe in Jesus. And after Jesus' rebuke in Luke chapter 9, verse 55, James and John learned to keep silent. See, God's ways are different from man's ways. And it was his plan even before the foundations of the world, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 14, that Jesus would be crucified that Jesus would be buried, and that Jesus would rise on the third day. It was his plan. Since this was planned before the foundation of the world, man has no say in it. This is all God's plan. We should just keep silent before him. Noise can come in many directions. During the minister's prayer, there was a loud whistle. Let's not do a whistle noise from your phone right now, okay? We all know what a whistle is. There was a loud whistle from the congregation. Gary's mother was horrified. Later she asked, Gary, whatever made you do that? Gary answered soberly. I asked God to teach me to whistle, and just then he did. <laughs> Sounds like a young, ornery boy. Noise doesn't have to be noisy, but metaphorically, it's just something that distracts us. It's just something that distracts us. Did anyone here get distracted by anything this week? Did a family emergency happen that took you from your labors, your job, or working on the car or truck? I don't think that was planned. Or did a rooster go off and cause a pause in the preacher's thought? Did a friend come over? Did the wind blow down your barn? Did a did a fox get in your chickens? All these distractions can be noisy if they take us off track. Anything that takes us off track is noise in reference to what God wants us to do. John Maxwell, I know um, Dallas probably knows who this gentleman is, uh, a writer of great leadership readings and, and Lee, he wrote in his book, Developing the Leader Within You, he said this <clears throat> concerning distractions. When animal trainers go into a cage of lions, they carry whips and pistols, but invariably they also carry a stool. According to William H. Henson, the stool is the most important tool. 
The trainer holds the stool by the back and thrusts the legs towards the face of the wild animal. The animal tries to focus on all four legs at once. In the attempt to focus on all four, a kind of paralysis overwhelms the animal. It becomes tame, weak, and disabled because its attention is fragmented. Likewise, the stress of having too much to do can paralyze us as well. Do I hear an amen on that one? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're a busy people, especially in America. We have too much to do. But what does that do? It creates noise on what distracts us from what we need to be about. What would happen if Jesus got sidetracked from his mission and listened to all the noise around him? Well, he did have some distracting things in his life. We talked about temptation today from Bible class. Matthew 4 and Luke 4, Jesus was tempted to do wrong. He was led out into the wilderness. He fasted for 40 days. In that time, Satan tempted him on certain specifics. The temptations were distractions. What if? How come? Why not? But each time, Jesus' desire was to stay focused on God's will. Sounds like wisdom, doesn't it, Bill? Stay focused on God's will. His mission was to save mankind from their sins. Aren't you glad he was focused? Aren't you glad he stayed on that mission? Did you go through this week going, I blew that one. Disciples in the crowd could be distracting at times as well, can't they? Jesus, be our earthly king, John 6, 15. Jesus, follow our expectations to get rid of Rome. But their desires were not God's desires. Their desires were distractions from his mission. Fear can be a noise too, can it? Did Jesus drop sweats like blood because he was happy? Luke chapter 22, verse 44, no. Did that time of prayer show his great fear? Take this cup from me, he said to the Father. He needed to share that. You know, that's what prayer also allows us to do. To share our deepest fears with God. But in this case, God says, or Jesus said, not my will, but yours. Luke twenty-two forty-four. There are things that are encouraging as well. Not everything is a distraction. You see, Jesus also relied on God's encouragement. Do you remember when Jesus was immersed by John, John the Baptist? What did God say? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 
Do you think that's encouraging? That's the type of encouragement that spurs you on to keep going on the focused plan. Do you remember the transfiguration? Peter, James, and John came and saw Elijah, Moses, and Jesus, the transformation. And of course, we know that Moses and Elijah were taken off the pedestal and Jesus was there alone. What did the Father say? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. And of course, Jesus continues to be our encouragement as well, doesn't He? Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so a great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The last point, calm. It is difficult to keep calm when the world is in chaos. Anybody here nervous about what's going on around the world? Does the news help you be less nervous? Or does it encourage your anxiety? How can Jesus sleep when the waters are raging around him? <clears throat> As he did with the disciples on the boat. Why doesn't Jesus act immediately when life is flustered? Why do evil people continue and good people become sick? These are some difficult questions to ask. And it may be even more difficult answers to hear. Depending on where you're at. But the reality is, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. What peace? Well, in short, the peace needed to establish a relationship between you and God. That's the only peace that matters. This is the whole purpose of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is to create an opportunity to have peace through the Prince of Peace. For those who choose to abide in Him will have true peace through Christ. We will have forgiveness of our sins. We will have life in heaven for eternity. And that's exciting. If that's not encouragement, I don't know what is. It sure isn't noise, but encouragement that pushes us forward. But the peace He brought was not cheap. 
was it? It was not cheap. It wasn't a plan B decision or a fly-by-night decision. It started with the plan to save sinners. Raise your hand if you have ever been a sinner. You better all raise your hand. He's here to save you. Because judgment has already been set. And the only way around it is through the blood of Christ. It started with the plan to save sinners. All sinners, those who will put their faith and trust in God as He designed it. We will be benefactors of God's peace through Jesus. So, in the mind of the prophet Habakkuk, we need to keep silent before him because the Lord is in his holy temple and he has made a decision. And that decision is going to play out and it did through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The question is, are you ready to make the decision to follow him? Sometimes we try to manage God. Oh God, do it this way. Do it that way. Listen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 14 through 18 and we'll begin to close. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep for this we declare to you by the word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The lesson is called, Keep Silent Before Him. The first point is silent. It is a healthy thing to do when God shares His plan. It's a healthy thing to do when God shares His plan. Noise can be a distraction from God's plan. Let's be focused on God's encouragement instead. And three, calm. Only true peace between God and man comes through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I'd wish you all a very happy Resurrection Day and implement that thought not just today, but every day. The lesson is yours. If there's anybody here this morning who has any needs, prayer requests, or otherwise, please come forward now.